Well, welcome to this Wednesday morning, and thanks so much for joining us. Another beautiful day in Saskatchewan. Mild temperatures continue, and this is this is now the theme. This is now what we're talking about. I'm already hearing coworkers in the hallway talking about weekend plans. People are excited about the beautiful weather. I love that. I love that feeling and, and people getting outside, enjoying the outside, everything from ice fishing to sledding. That's what people are are focused on and talking about, and, and the weather is definitely going to cooperate. Well, this Wednesday show is jam-packed with a whole bunch of different discussions and opportunities for you to weigh in and discuss right along with us. We're going to talk a little bit about healthcare challenges coming up this morning, diagnostics, treatment, emergency care. You know, when you hear, we talk about healthcare on the show often, and when you hear a person's specific story, Sometimes it gives you a bit of a different look at it. It impacts you differently. Nadine Baker is going to be joining us this morning. Nadine has been waiting months after being referred for a mammogram. We'll talk to Nadine, and then we'll want to hear from you, because there are lots of great experiences, of course, with our healthcare system, and healthcare challenges are not new or specific to Saskatchewan only. Healthcare challenges happening across Canada, and I would say the world, but lots of people have stories. We threw this up on our Facebook page last night, and everybody's weighing in on it. So this will be part of our discussion this morning. Also, this is going to be an interesting discussion. Tematope Oriola is a uh, professor of criminology at the University of Alberta. He recently has written a couple of articles or been involved in a couple of articles on police-involved shootings. We talked about this on Monday on the Roundtable of Justice. Now, Dr. Tematope Oriola is not, I, I don't want to say he's not a fan of police, but he is very critical. He's a criminologist. He's very critical. He's very critical of police chiefs in Canada. So let's just set that up. That's the discussion that we've got coming up a little bit later. And, of course, Saskatchewan's smartest radio listener. Today's question, I feel like it might be an easy one. I feel like, but... You will decide that. Your chance to show us how smart you are coming up at 11 o'clock. All right, time now for the big talker. Let's get down to business, shall we? Welcome. Let's begin. The Evan Bray Show, the big talker. Well, in the short two months that you and I have been talking right here every morning, we've talked about a lot of topics. The trucker convoy in 2022 isn't actually one that we've talked a lot about. You know, short of the trial that is going on for Tamara Leach and Chris Barber in in Ottawa, there hasn't been a lot of of new discussion and developments until yesterday. Yesterday, the federal court ruled that the Trudeau government violated the Charter of Rights and Freedoms by invoking the Emergencies Act. This was a case that was taken forward by the Canadian Constitution Foundation and the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. When asked about this ruling, Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland defended the government's action, saying they thought it was the right decision at the time. They still think it's the right decision, and they plan to appeal. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. This is a bit of a bombshell ruling that came down yesterday, just as our show was wrapping up. The federal judge making the decision that the government's use of the Emergencies Act to clear the Freedom Convoy protesters was unreasonable, unjustified, and violated the Charter. We've got a guest joining us on the line now who I'm pretty sure 
is having a, a bit of a different opinion than the deputy prime minister is and is probably quite happy with this ruling. We wanted to check in with Chris Barber, Saskatchewan organizer, convoy leader, and joins me on the phone in Calgary this morning. Chris, thanks so much for taking the call. Well, thank you for having me, Evan. I appreciate you being here. Are, are, are you okay with me calling you what I did, Saskatchewan organizer, convoy leader? Is that is that an acceptable title for you? That's that's exactly what it is. Uh, I was one of, the, one of the ones that organized. I was the one that led the convoy to Ottawa from Saskatchewan, and uh, as well as Ms. Bleed. So and we are co-accused sitting in trial, you know, through the last few months now in Ottawa. So yes. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the the trial in a second. I know we we won't be able to talk about kind of intricacies going on because the trial is ongoing, but I do have a couple of questions. But first, I'm I'm curious to know. I feel like this is a rhetorical question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Your reaction when you first heard about the ruling that the Emergencies Act was ruled as unconstitutional? Um, well, mainly overjoyed. Uh, we anybody that was would, that took part in the protest in Ottawa knows exactly how peaceful it was and how uh, how loving and, uh, and how we brought Canadians together. And, and so for us to sit here on the second anniversary, by the way, yesterday was the second anniversary of the trucks with British Columbia and and we're headed to Ottawa two years yesterday, and, and today would be the day that I met Tamara for the first time in uh, in Medicine Hat when we picked her up. So. Overjoyed, um, not you know Christine Freeland. Of course, she's going to come out and say what she said yesterday, but that, that still doesn't matter. This is still this is still a justice, a federal court justice that ruled in our favor. Do you do you view this as a, overall as a victory for the work that that you and anyone involved in the truckers' convoy back in 2022 put in? Does this does this sense victory for you? Yes, very much so a victory. Well, there's so many people in this country feel like. Like justice needs to be served when we all took part in the POEC, you know, a year ago in November, and we we all seen how that went. Uh, being part of the, the POEC for the first couple of weeks when the truckers were involved in the testimony, we we felt like we were we were on a path to truth. And then it was as soon as the, the government uh, witnesses started showing up and testifying, then the things started to go a little different. You could see a change in justice realized, and you personally, I thought it was a sham. I thought it was a, it was a setup just to make uh, Mr. Trudeau look better talking this morning with chris barber saskatchewan organizer convoy leader who of course along with tamara leach is is standing trial in a criminal case charged with mischief obstruct justice uh, obstructing police i should say and counseling others to commit mischief and intimidation so chris does this ruling have any bearing on the case that you're currently in before the courts well, the lawyer said yesterday on uh, text message that yes, it will. Um, she was looking through the two 196-page document to see what was in there. Uh, I haven't heard back from her yet, but she did say, of course, and she did mention that they are going to appeal it, but that, now that's going to take quite the time to, to appeal it. So, yes, now what to what it pertains to, I, I, I'm, getting, I'm waiting for those answers. You know, I'm, I'm curious... In this case, Chris, we, so the, the emergencies act, there was a lot of people and I was, I was one of them. In fact, my predecessor, John and uh, John Gormley and I had talked about this on the air because as a chief of police in Regina, I have, have had lots of opportunities and, and have been criticized on either side of, of situations. And typically, you know, what we look at when we're dealing with uh, a crisis, uh, or, or some sort of a pro- protest is, danger to public safety right and so 
you know, in, in the evoke, invoking of the Emergencies Act, there was criticism that there was little consultation done with provinces, which is part of what the Emergencies Act requires happen. And not all options were exhausted. So when we see the Emergencies Act now being criticized as unconstitutional, if, if that trucker's protest had been, um, you know, broken up by what I'll call just more traditional law enforcement and, and different rules and laws that they were able to use to do that, would you be as critical of it or, or is it just the fact that, that you were eventually kicked out of downtown Ottawa, regardless of the method that you're critical of? I see it as overreach mainly. I see it as a group of people standing at your doorstep saying, Hey, would you please have, please have a, come have a conversation with us? And I see that person in the house slamming that door and not wanting to have anything to do with you, calling you names and using divisive rhetoric and, and even propaganda in the media to, to turn a segregation of society against you. And I, I, I bring it back fully on the prime minister's feet for no, no, not having any leadership. He didn't. He, he wasn't interested in having a conversation with with a Canadian citizen, um, and trying to work on a situation. You know that obviously a lot of Canadians felt, you know, desperate throughout the, the COVID pandemic. And when somebody actually stood up to those mandates, and and the mandates weren't quitting. By the way, they were they were going to keep pushing more mandates on us. So, I it's you know he he used a, way too much force when it was never needed. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll never stand behind them. Chris Barber is our guest this morning, Saskatchewan organizer, convoy leader. So I know we're a bit limited what we can talk about with regard to the trial that's underway and ongoing, but are there any insights you can share about why it's taking so long? This started as, I mean, I don't need to tell you, you know better than anyone, this started early fall, and here we are with you know new dates and more dates set for March yet of this year. When can we expect to see this wrap up and hear a decision? We don't even know. We have three days booked for March 13th, 14th, 15th. We have a, a decision on the Carter application on March 7th uh, via Zoom. So we're on day 33, I believe, now. The trial was supposed to be 16 days. It was supposed to start September 5th. It was supposed to end in uh, late October. And it's been just dragging. We have had uh, motion after motion and delay after delay, police losing evidence off their cell phones, you know, uh, there's been quite a lot that's went on in the court. We don't have an end to it, unfortunately. We might, if we're lucky, we might have a decision by the end of fall, which is what's kind of sounding like right now. How are you feeling about where things are headed? I feel fairly good. The, the lawyers constantly, you, you sit in the courtroom, and I've, I've told this story before, you, you're waiting for that bit, piece of evidence where your heart starts racing or your heart slows or speeds up, and uh, I haven't felt that yet. We... Uh, Mary and I stand proud in that courtroom. Um, their evidence against us is primarily social media posts, and uh, there's never been a threat. There's never been any violence. We've proven that fact time and time again. So we feel really good about our chances. Chris, I appreciate you giving us some time this morning. Thanks for joining the show, and I'm sure we're going to uh, be checking in with you again, uh, certainly following the trial to see where, where things land. Anytime. Thanks for having me on, Evan. That's Chris Barber, Saskatchewan organizer, convoy leader, and... Uh, still involved in that trial in Ottawa that has Tamara Leach and Chris Barber charged with mischief, obstruct police, and counseling others to commit crimes. We'll see where that plays out. As you heard, three more days set up in March, but no real timeline in terms of when we will be seeing a decision on this case.
I have followed this case closely. I really feel, I mean, I don't have the benefit of sitting in the courtroom, but I really feel it. it is going to be tough to find criminal, criminal finding of fact when it comes to the offenses that are laid out there. There are, you know, that, that convoy, there's no doubt it had had disruptive consequences to Ottawa and downtown Ottawa. There's no question that it couldn't be allowed to go on in perpetuity and, and there was a need to at some point break it up. However, the finding of criminal guilt is a threshold that I'm not convinced they'll be able to get to, um, in this trial. As you heard Chris say, a lot of the evidence comes from social media and ultimately what they, what they're going to have to prove is that they had they had control over thousands of people in downtown Ottawa. They they have to be able to prove that in order to make out those offenses. I'm not convinced they're going to get there, but we'll continue to follow that along closely. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Just had a conversation with Chris Barber, the organizer and convoy leader of that truckers' protest in Ottawa, on the news that yesterday... The Liberal government's use of the Emergencies Act was ruled as unjustified and violated the Charter. I wanted to check in quickly this morning with Dwight Newman as well. He's a constitutional law professor at the University of Saskatchewan and joins me now. What are your initial thoughts on this ruling, Dwight? Um, I think it's uh, going to be a surprise to some people, uh, but it is a a legal determination by a judge who's uh, considered the evidence very carefully in light of uh, very able submissions by groups like the uh, Canadian uh, Civil Liberties Association, Canadian Constitution Foundation, whom he mentions. And he says that he initially was going to decide against it until he hears the evidence, in essence, and then ends up saying that the, uh, uh, the Emergencies Act wasn't properly invoked for the legal requirements to do it, and uh, that there was a violation of the Charter in the process on freedom of uh, expression, as well as on uh, uh, rights against search and seizure. And so it's a very significant ruling, um, but there's going to be a lot to unpack in the, the days and weeks ahead, certainly. So let's say this with, with, withstands any uh, challenges or appeals that might come forward. This is really the first use of the Emergencies Act since 1988, the first test of the Act as well. How do you think this ruling will impact how it's used in the future? Well, this ruling is going to uh, set the legal parameters, if upheld on any appeal, set the legal parameters um, to say that it can only be invoked in narrow circumstances uh, following proper procedure. And this ruling and any appeal rulings sort of set the tone for that procedure. Uh, It's still meant to be available in an emergency and sort of not cumbersome procedures, but it's only supposed to be available in quite narrow circumstances, according to this ruling. And this will be a, a clarifying precedent for any future uses. Dwight Newman, constitutional law professor at the University of Saskatchewan. We will have more discussion on this ruling that the invoking of the Emergencies Act was unconstitutional and violated the Charter a little bit later in the show. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.